You are listening to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com with an orchard of wisdom just ready for your picking, filled with illuminating, inspiring stories. Do check out the community and the discovery stores. We are here for you. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Positive Vibrations Roundtable. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and with me today are my guests, Dr. Toswan Montague and Dr. Laurie Nadell. We're going to be talking about your tomorrows. You know, living for today builds your tomorrows. It's not, oh, I'll wait for tomorrow. I'm saving for the rainy day. Next year will be better. Everything you want for tomorrow needs to be done in today. Your mindset, soul set, heart set, spirit set everything so if you really want to live and have a life that's truly meaningful to you it's what you do in the now that counts but how do we actually make that happen we're bombarded by so many things that have happened to us and let's look at 2016 it's been a very troublesome year and and it hasn't kind of laid the platform for going into 2017 uh, as a bed of roses you know more like the thorns but again it is what we make of it we know that out of any diversity, at any time in history, when we've had to face the dragon, so to speak, we've always been able to come up trumps, learn things about ourselves, uh, learn innovations, learn to rise above, learn to unite. So let's make that 2017 a year where even if we don't like what's going on, we like what we represent and those that represent something similar and we come together to make this world a more harmonious place. And it does start with you. So my two wonderful guests have been with me on air before. And both of them speak from the soul, the heart, and the spirit. They're connectors, they're liberators, they're inviters. They see the possibilities in life. And with enthusiasm, they build those bridges to living a better way. We're going to be hearing all about their perspective of what they think 2017 should be and, and how we should kind of turn our dial so that we're more open to receive all those wonderful possibilities and not be bombarded with the negativities. Uh, Dr. Swan Montague, she has taught and spoken around the Western world to people from all walks of life and how to have a deeper spiritual awareness in the last key to living a powerful, peaceful, healthy and abundant life. I'm going to let you go into the posting and um, read all about both of them and they're both going to say something more about them and I encourage you to go back and listen to their other shows. These are the personal ones about them and their journey and I promise you, you will come out of them being extremely inspired. So Dr. Laurie is a uh, has started this wonderful organization called Mind Body Network. It's an online global network of traditional holistic practitioners and it publishes uh, articles and sells people's books and helps promote their programs. They've had more than 43,000 people have downloaded books already. Um, but she's also a, a doctor, um, psychologist, um, who is really out there to kind of change people's thinking. Uh, she's written books like Dancing with the Wind, A True Story of Zen in the Art of Windsurfing. And uh, there's a lot, lot more to her here. Uh, she's been a journalist, quite considerably um, a lot of, lot of journey here. And of course, Dr. Swan has got some beautiful fabrics that she is... Um, is introducing to the world as a kind of a serenity, a way of bringing us back into spirit, which we all need to do. So let's hear it from them, an introduction from both of them, and then we're going to get on with how you can turn the dial and make 2017 what you want it to be. Hello, Swan. How are you today? And hello, Laurie. 
Hi. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Laurie. Hi. How are you? Well, this is wonderful to have you both here. And, and, you know, I'm feeling quite exuberated because I know the two energies of you coming together is, is a harmony in itself. But uh, why don't each of you start off with a little bit about yourself so you can introduce yourself to our audience. Swan, we'll go with you first. Well, hi, everybody. And thank you, Sarah, for having me back on the show. It's a delight. Really, it's a delight to talk with you and Laurie and throw our ideas around into the melting pot. Um, <clears throat> as you know, I spent, well, for those of you who do know me, I spent 12 years in seclusion after I was given three months to live. And in that time, I really spent many hours a day, 12, 15, even 20 hours a day in communion with the divine. And when I came back into the world, it was really with a view to having understood what is wrong with the world and how how we can make that right and what we need to do. And I really feel that this time on the planet is absolutely vital. And it's interesting you said we always have come up trumps or roses. That's not my belief. I do believe that at the end of the era of Atlantis, and there's a lot of misconception about Atlantis that it was an era. In fact, Atlantis spanned many eras and many continents but it basically is understood and believed to have come to an end about 12,500 years ago when basically they destroyed themselves with technology. And that really is the point that we are coming to very fast on the planet now. And it's my understanding that this is the first time in the history of our planet where we actually have an, uh, an opportunity to go into an ascension cycle where we overcome the challenges and the negativities, let's say, of technology and advanced thinking and masculine thinking, and we move into potentially an age of enlightenment, which is very much for the first 2,000 years to be guided by the divine feminine. And so we are all working very hard to clear old patriarchal patterns and realign ourselves to the attitudes and the values, let's say, of the divine feminine. And that's why my work is so much about the arts, the writing, and the silk arts, which I'm bringing to the world, as you say, next year in my new business, and the books of Sarah, Jesus' Secret Wife, which are the archetypal journey of embodying the divine feminine. And it is this divine feminine that... I am absolutely sure is going to lead the way forward and that's what we're all working to realign to and re-embody within so that we can help move the world forward into a different paradigm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, align and realign, we'll take that off in a moment. So Dr. Laurie, please uh, do introduce yourself and all the wonderful things that you're doing right now. Well, thank you. Uh, my name is Dr. Laurie Needell, and uh, I have been and continue to be a therapist and a healer. I've just relocated from uh, New York and uh, now living in South Florida. But uh, I have been very much involved in, in helping people recover from catastrophic life events. Um, I was a journalist for the first 25 years and always wondered what happened to people uh, after the cameras left and after the Red Cross left and 
people who have the, the rather a long process to rebuild their lives, and that is really what my, my area of specialty is, is providing long-term support to people. Uh, and as I'm starting working on a book about this, uh, what, what has been given to me in meditation is that in order to heal and recover from a catastrophic event, we need five gifts, which are in fact uh, divine gifts or spiritual gifts, uh, which are not necessarily comfortable to uh, for Americans in particular, or North Americans in particular, because um, not really a, a natural part of our value system per se. But these five gifts are humility, patience, empathy, forgiveness, and growth. And uh, with these five gifts, uh, we can basically uh, kind of emerge from any kind of catastrophic event, although Again, nobody really wants humility, and very nobody ever wrote to Santa and said, "Dear Santa, forget the iPad, please bring me patience." I mean, these these are hard gifts to work with. <laughs> so I'm, 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 and I'm, I'm working on them myself. I must say, I mean, I'm I'm hardly an example of uh, you know the paragon of patience here. However, uh, I think that we are at a critical time. Because uh, so many of our freedoms, uh, particularly freedom of expression, uh, the right to an independent media, freedom of speech, uh, are, are seriously being undermined through a climate of fear in this country. And so a lot of the uh, journalism and writing work that I've taken up has to do with championing, championing and getting the word out about uh, underrepresented uh, artists because creativity is really a, a shining force that can help to inspire us to challenge our fears and grow beyond them. So I, I cannot emphasize the importance and the power of the creative spirit in helping us to move through the obstacles and uh, challenges that we're facing right now. Mm. I, I couldn't agree more. It's a, I think it's the artist's voice. You know, it used to be kind of the poets, but the poet is in music now. It's in dance. It's in art. Um, and it is a way uh, to, to invite people to hear, to see, to feel things in a different way. And we're seeing, you know, certain artists that kind of had a particular style, a particular genre, kind of going off record and, and, you know, now speaking out in empowerment of people, empowerment of liberty, freedom and empathy, and uh, because they can't sit by anymore, you know, their voice has changed. And, you know, you mentioned, I want, I want to hit on the word align and alignment. And, you know, I think that we need to get into an alignment, you know, kind of a shifting our groove, so to speak, a different way of thinking and looking at life. Um, but we need to align with people that are like soul, like spirit, like minded, um, because we're resonating on a frequency and a vibration that um, is more, more harmonious, you know, play more into the arts. Um, you know, what do you... How do you think people can actually start realigning themselves into kind of shifting their perspective and their thinking um, and becoming more invitational of what can be? Swan, we'll start off with you. Well, that's a very interesting question. Of course, there is an absolute plethora right now out there of tools, information, and in a way that's a wonderful thing, but it's also part of the problem because there's a lot of disinformation there are a lot of cowboys, there are a lot of peach, people preaching and paying lip service to concepts that they are not initiated into deeply or deeply experienced in. So 
it really is a challenging area for people to go and you have to find the things that resonate with you um, with each person you have to find the things that your soul most responds to because it's very easy also to go off with the mind but what we have to find is what is the true soul essence in us wanting us to be to do whilst we're here to learn to evolve into and we have to follow the heart as well. And of course, in order to do that, we have to heal the wounds, the wounds that Laurie's talking about, because the wounds leave us with illusory thinking and distortions. And in, in healing the wounds, we find the gifts. We find the silver lining to every cloud. And we learn about ourselves and who we really are and what we're really here to do, that we are many of us from the stars at this time on the planet and we are here to come together and make a difference in any way we can in order to create this potential age of enlightenment and to realign and in order to do that we have to be willing to let go a of so much to let go of all the ties that bind us all the limited thinking beliefs ideas limiting relationships and we have to be willing to stand up and be counted and stand up in our truth. Take some responsibility, right? Because, uh, you know, we were given the gift of life and it's our responsibility to uh, uh, be grateful for this <coughs> gift and, um, in, and embrace all that we are because, you know, we're here for a purpose. Um, Laurie, wh what have you got to say on that? Well, I, I think it really begins with humility, uh, which, is, which is the acceptance of, of where we are and, and what we're feeling and rather than judging ourselves for having limiting beliefs or limiting emotions to allow those emotions to lead us uh, deeper within to uh, a place where we can actually begin to forgive ourselves and, Absolutely. and move forward. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but that's a big one though because you know, people are judging themselves for somebody else's expectation. They're judging themselves by what society deems should be, what the church, you know, what their parents, what the schools say, you have to be, you must conform. It feels a little bit like the Borg. Um, you know, and they don't want self-expression or self-thinking, you know, um, no, we haven't ever done it that way. You know, I want you to do it the same way we've always done it. So how do people kind of let go of that judgment? Um, and find their inner freedom to be, you know, to be their own voice. Who wants to jump slowly in? Slowly and gently. Mm. Uh, slowly and gently. Um, you know, forgiveness, it's not a, it's not a switch. It's, it's kind of like an old-fashioned light meter, and it fluctuates, and, you know, we actually learn how to be in a state of forgiving, uh, which is an active state that fluctuates just as, as, as humans all of our states fluctuate. We're not, we're not machines, so we don't have uh, a program specifically for this is how I, I forgive, but we can use words like learning and deserving and, to, and learning how to be more forgiving or learning how to begin to forgive or believing that we deserve to be forgiven uh, or that we're in an active process of forgiving ourselves and also the forces that have perpetrated whatever injustices and wounds, and there, there are, there's a tremendous archetypal uh, 
conflict going on right now, which I believe is coming from other spiritual realms. And, and there's really, in a Buddhist sense, or kind of a conflict between the forces of light and the forces of darkness. And there are, you know, at least in the United States, there's an, uh, an increase in, in violence against uh, minorities, against women, against uh, people who think differently, against people who look differently. And uh, so, so forgiveness or forgiving, learning how to be in a forgiving state is very important so that we don't get locked into an embattled state. I think a, a lot of it comes from, you know, a fear, you know, never mind the fear that's imposed upon us, that's sold to us, but also a fear that we may fail or, um, you know, can, can we do it? Um, you know, I is there anything else out there that's different? And I think that could be very crippling for people. And it's a lot of people want to have a manual to live by um, instead of kind of having a backpack of tools and knowledge and, and meet your mentors and your your teachers along the way and there's uh, this is where faith comes in isn't it you know you have to take that leap of faith and and be willing to walk your journey and learn as you go there isn't a huge big encyclopedia that you walk with you now you do this step and now you do that step because that's what faith is all about isn't it taking that leap of faith in believing absolutely I think said, oh. sorry Laura, sorry. you go <laughs> Uh, I was just going to say somebody said that, that only those who perceive the invisible can do the impossible. Well, and okay. I think that, that faith is, is the ability to tangibly integrate the, the invisible world uh, into our thoughts and feelings and actions. And yeah. Not necessarily a guide. Well, there is a guide. Uh, a friend of mine calls it the guide to the supernatural, which is the Bible. <laughs> Uh, there are books like Swan's book. I mean, there, there, there are millions of books out there that talk about how to have an interactive relationship with the invisible world. But I think it's really very important to integrate a, a spiritual, um, an operating system that, that actually uh, accepts and connects with these forces that are greater than we are, that are communicating with us at all times, and which can help to guide and direct us if we allow it. Yeah, allow that's right, mindset. yes. Because this is the Divine Feminine, and the Divine Feminine works by making that direct connection. And it's what Laurie is talking about with healing the wounds, because we have to find also and get very conscious and clear about the areas where we don't have faith, where we've lost faith, where we have been persecuted for having faith. We've been persecuted for the divine feminine attributes, especially in the last 2,000 years. And let's face it, we're Christmas, let's talk about, you know, Christ consciousness and the second coming, which is the rebirth of this divine consciousness. And Jesus himself talked about how at this time on the planet the Christ consciousness would be rebirthed through the feminine, through a feminine age. And that is all about honoring the wounds, getting real with each other, being very willing to be real in our deepest emotional truth, to heal that, to then transcend it, to be able to commune and bring in more of that higher divine consciousness. It's the changing of the channel again, as I said, you know, it's, um, we know that when we choose to live in spirit, 
you know, that divine peace. You know, when I, you know, people are, I want peace in the world, but you've got to be the peace because then you bring that peace to the world. And how you find that peace is that inner tranquility and acceptance. And it's not just going to come on, you know, by downloading an app or switching on, you know, a light bulb or reading that book, one book. It's going to be through willingness to take the journey and open up and, you know, heal the wounds, um, embrace that love and that light that is within you. And then you will get those moments of absolute divine peace that shows you this is what it's all about. But with the human side of our spiritual, um, you know, those are sometimes the challenges that we have to work through and then marry ourselves together, which can be a little difficult for some people because they're still living so rigidly, uh, you know, on a human dimension and, and scared to embrace the spirit. Well, you have to be able to find the peace in the storm. And that's why, you know, the work that we're all doing and the work that Laurie is doing is so important because we're looking for the peace that is not of this world. But it's very easy to find peace when everything's hunky-dory. It's a beautiful summer day, the sky's blue, you're in love and there are flowers everywhere. Everything feels wonderful. The challenge is where and how you come back to that peace and that center and don't get caught up in drama in drama when the storm is flying all around mm -hmm. you. See the beauty in everything, right? Because everything has a reason. Um, you know, um, the, we have a challenge right now because there is a vibration that's going around and, and it, a lot of it is... Uh, you know, uh, people are, are feeling insecure, they're feeling unsure. And, you know, you've got good old Brexit going on in the UK. And of course, in North America, it's Trumpism, um, you know, and th there's a lot of uncertainty. And I kind of look at this sometimes, you know, I love the Celtic runes. And there's one in there called Haggaz. And it's disruption. And it used to be a stone I used to get all the time and can hate it. I don't want any more disruption. And instead, until I changed my perspective and looked at it and I thought, oh, yes, I do because I want to shake out what isn't working, you know, heal my wounds and uh, get rid of the, the system that I'm on that is not serving me. And this is a chance to really do that. So, you know, as we go into the new year, there's a lot of things that we have to kind of clean out of ourselves, some good house cleaning that need to go on in order to kind of shift our perspective and be ready for what, uh, how wonderful the year can be if we allow it to be. Laurie? Well, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that disruption because I was reading something by a colleague who is a feng shui master, and uh, he did a, uh, a an, an I Ching reading last week uh, for a group, and the, the hexagram that came up was obstruction. Mm -hmm. And I remember many years ago when I first uh, found the I Ching, that was the, that was the first hexagram that came up for me, and I was actually in an oppressive work situation. And, and one of the insights that I've never forgotten, it was, it was really like a light went off for me, it, it, it is that obstruction is the reverse side of success, mm. and disruption is the reverse side of calm. And to remember that, you know, even in darkness, there's a duality to all experiences in life, and that when we're, when we're being presented with, with darkness, it's because we have an opportunity to work through it, to come to the other side, and to, to be in the light. But it's not necessarily going to be a clear and easy path where the marquee comes on or somebody takes us by the hand and says, you know, take a right here and take a left there. You know, we all kind of stumble around until uh, we find that spark and 
hopefully are able to uh, pursue it or follow it or nurture it until we are able to stand in the light. Mm. And I think that that, in an archetypal way, that is the disruption slash obstruction that we're being prevented presented with now. This is a, uh, in terms of the United States, uh, in a way, the election of Trump and these these very uh, kind of anti-humanitarian individuals who he is uh, appointing to his cabinet, uh, which on some levels are extremely frightening to contemplate, but it's also an opportunity for us to uh, explore those darknesses within ourselves and to find our own way into the clear, because the, everything that happens is an opportunity to learn. And, you know, as my the fifth unbearable gift, as I call it, uh, is, is growth, uh, people don't usually choose growth, you know, off a menu either. So, wow, I can't wait to go through all this pain and loss and discomfort <laughs> and loneliness <laughs> and isolation. Choice, yeah. You know, so, yeah, so that I can become this great person 20 years from now. You know, if, if I had been told, you know, when I was, if I knew consciously coming into this lifetime, you know, what, what the uh, karmic lessons were going to be, I would have said, no, nah, sorry, you know, I think I'll pass. I'll sit this incarnation out. But uh, we don't know. Uh, and, and even though we may think we know what's coming around the corner to a certain degree, you know, we never really know what's going to happen. We have to know how to be present for whatever life brings us. And right now, it's bringing us that disruption slash obstruction piece, uh, which we can internalize as a way of getting to the power of growth. But it's not, it's not easy, and each of us has to find our own way with it. It's mm -hmm. What's your perspective yeah. on that one? <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. What Laurie is saying is true. It's not easy. And this is the time because I don't believe it's going to get any easier. Unless people have already ridden through a large amount of the ancient storms within. So within the psyche, within the you know archetypal that journey that we've been on through many lives in eastern traditions in western traditions in our past lives in our ancestral dna and if we have been working those and being willing to go through uh, the growth opportunities then i believe we can start to create the kind of reality that we want in our lives but for those who haven't been on their journey and particularly for those who want to hold on to the old ways, who want to hold on to the illusory, the illusory constructs that we've been living in, especially in the last 2,000 years, then they're likely to have everything ripped away and find it pretty rocky. Yeah. And they're going to need all of us with all of the experience we have to help them put it in, a, in some kind of perspective perspective to give a context to what their experiences are and to show them the roadmaps that we have each you know we have each learned through our own particular idiosyncratic journey that we've been on because you know Laurie has a different toolkit to you Sarah and, and you both to I but we we interweave our toolkits mm -hmm. we we take the pieces that work for us that resonate with us that relate to us at different times and um, everyone is sooner or later, maybe in this life or 
if not in this life, I believe they're going to be going around for another 26,000 year cycle. Ouch. Sooner or later, right now, sooner or later, all roads <laughs> lead to Rome. And I like to call Rome, you know, Roma. And Roma, the, you know, the established church has, has come to stand for the opposite of amor. But if you reverse the word Roma, you get amor, you get love. Oh, and ultimately, yeah. it's about coming back to that divine love which is moving through all the areas where we don't experience divine love yeah um, one of the things that you know obviously was given me as a vision is the, you know the the raising of the vibration third to fifth dimension and uh, you know i'm a person that's um over on that fifth dimension side greeting you know meeting and greeting those that have been on the journey that are stepping into that dimension to now become those mentors those teachers you know those collaborators and uh, you know you've got the people still on the bridge on that fourth dimension crossing over learning um inquiring you know discovering uh, but they've made that choice to take the journey and then as they get to that gate you know yep you you need this person this person would be great for you listen to that person you know hence the radio station um and you know this these are the tools that you need these are the people that will inspire you take a listen and i know they'll help you on your way but there are those people that are on the other side um there's a wonderful book called who moved my cheese by by um Spencer Johnson, MD, and it's a, it's a metaphorical book about two mice and two men who live around this abundant cheese, and one day the cheese is gone, and it's the reaction of each one of them um, to the cheese, you know, and a couple of them, Sniffy and Scurry, go off to investigate where the cheese is now, you know, Har is, is humming and harring about it until eventually it's like, well, there ain't any more cheese, I've got to get going, or I'm going to starve. And then there's Hem, give me back my cheese, I'm going to sue you, I'm not going to leave until you give it back. And, you know, those are the people that are refusing to cross the bridge. They're living in anger, uh, they're pissed off, and, you know, they, they, want, um, they want the same all. And I think we're seeing that reflected in, as you said, in, in Trump's um, uh, positions that he's handed out. It's kind of going back 50, 60, 70 years. And, uh, you know, I want this job, I want that security. There is no way you can go back. And there is no way that we can redo the past. We learn from the past to create for the future. And, you know, getting really angry about something isn't really going to be very productive, is it? Laurie? Well, I think, I think that uh, the interesting, I think, envelope that most of us, uh, for many years I did also, uh, uh, put anger into is that anger is a negative emotion. Uh, and certainly, you know, a lot of people who study yoga, uh, you know, the, the teachings of yoga, the, the anger is a, a negative emotion. And, and one of the interesting, to me, differences in Buddhism is that no emotions are negative. Emotions are information. And if you think about all of the positive movements that have happened throughout the course of history, uh, social revolutions, the American Revolution, the Protestant Revolution, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, uh, Civil Rights Movement, they're all the result of, of the positive power of anger, anger being channeled into constructive, into constructive modalities to create change on a massive level, changes in consciousness, changes in law, changes in justice, changes in our beliefs. And so I think that anger needs to be looked at differently. We need to reframe it 
again, as a, just the way we reframe obstruction or disruption, as anger is an opportunity for us to kind of make good on what we're feeling. Anger comes from helplessness. Uh, a few months ago, I wrote a piece called Let Daddy Fix It, Donald Trump and the Collective Unconscious, which is in uh, the Huffington Post. You can look it up. It's called Let Daddy Fix It, Donald Trump and the Collective Unconscious. What I said was one, one of the one of the reasons for Trump's appeal was that he had tapped into this feeling of helplessness. And I think that, that underlying anger uh, is a sense of helplessness. And when we feel helpless and we feel wounded and we feel hurt and we're wanting to be acknowledged, we're wanting to be uh, valued, we're wanting to be heard, we shift into anger and it's part of our natural instinct to protect ourselves and the question then becomes how do we channel that anger how do we express that anger you know do we create powerful art do we create legislation do we start uh, a protest movement do we write music uh, what do we do with that anger so that we can move through it in a productive and constructive way for transformation and if we judge ourselves and blame ourselves for having anger, we're going to get stuck in it, and it's going to kind of recycle itself into guilt and depression. So it's really important to, again, go back to humility, to acknowledge and accept anger, and, and let it teach us how to move and in what direction so that we can create positive change. So I think it's, it's, it's an opening. I, see, I think of anger as an opening. There is a tremendous amount of anger in the United States right now, and a lot of it is being ch channeled into, um, into, into violence, um, into uh, hurtful statements. And I think you know, we need to kind of look at that and find another way to regroup around anger so that we can move towards creating positive change. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Laurie. You know, anger, there are two forms of anger in my experience. I mean, there are a few, but the main two seem to come from either a level of fear or righteousness you know and some of the anger that we're feeling is in our dna and it's coming through as i said before our ancestral line our past lives about all the injustices in the world and that we've experienced in our lives when we deal with the emotional charge that we have with anger within ourselves in an appropriate way what it does is free up that that life force, that incredible source of energy, which can generate amazing creativity and amazing passion and you free up the inner child where we find so many of our greatest gifts. So the anger has to be allowed, you know, and Sarah, you and I come from this side of the pond where, you know, anger is absolutely a taboo thing. You know, you never get real with anger. Crying is better than being angry in England. But there is such a denial of anger in England. And what I'm seeing, and I've seen it around me in the last week, intensifying is explosions of anger as people go into enormous fear because their reality is being shaken up. The foundations that they've built all their ideas of security into are being thrown up in the air. And I do believe it's all going to go. And what people are going to need is to be able to learn how to handle, handle anger appropriately. And then, as Laurie said, to channel it into whatever avenue, you know, each person feels mo most passionate about. 
yeah you know like the movie inside out you know it's about uh, using all of your emotions and they're all there for a reason they're an indication of how you feel at the moment so pay attention to your emotion uh, tap into it y you know spend it don't hold on to it because then it ferments and uh, and deal with it you know and that's kind of stepping into that responsibility again of dealing with your emotions and and not ignoring them they're tapping you on the shoulder for a reason Yes, Laurie, I was agreeing with you that, you know, it's the righteous anger, you know, knowing what is right and what is wrong and being willing to stand up and be counted in that truth. Absolutely. And uh, again, you know, we, we talk, another point that I think is very important is, is forgiveness. And mm -hmm. I, know, I know that uh, after any kind of a catastrophic event, whether it's an auto accident where you say later, oh, I should have seen the flashing light to my left and I should have braked sooner or whether uh, it's a natural catastrophe or something like 9-11, uh, it, it's very difficult not only to forgive the perpetrator but also to forgive ourselves. And forgiveness is not a light switch where you switch it on and switch it off. It's kind of like an old-fashioned light meter, you know, it, it kind of flickers. And sometimes, you know, we're, we're in a state of forgiving. It's a verb to forgive. How are we forgiving? How are we forgiving of ourselves? How are we forgiving of the other? Uh, we can forgive 5% today and 20% tomorrow. And hopefully, eventually, we can forgive more than 50%. But then something can trigger us and we can go back to forgiving maybe 3% or 5%. It's an active, engaged process of self-awareness. And I think that when it's so easy to focus on, if you will, the, the agents of darkness, for want of a better term, whether they are um, physical in this realm or archetypal in a, in a non-physical realm, um, it's, it's very easy to send our judgments and to send our, our, um, to send our fear and our judgments and our, our anger at the perpetrator or internalize it and and project it internally against ourselves so forgiving ourselves and forgiving the other forgiving the dark the, forgiving the dark ones forgiving the perpetrators um, is something that we're going to have to learn how to do so that again we can move through this period of turmoil and stay centered mm -hmm. Swan what do you say to that? Yeah, absolutely. Ditto. A total agreement. Um, Beautifully please, said. Let's talk to the tools that we could use in the new year. We, we know that there has to be a different mindset, you know, and what we feed and, uh, and that, you know, each of you have got some wonderful programs coming up. But I'm, you know, in my interviews, I've interviewed people and, you know, like the Budapest um, club that you're associated with, Swan. I'm seeing more and more people now realizing that uh, the educational system or the you know, government system or this system as it is right now is broken. And instead of trying to fix it, they've gone and kind of created their own. Um, and I know two or three people that have opened up universities or in the process of doing that, that now is taught by mentors, by people that are in the industry, uh, people that um, allow that creativity and that, uh, that growth to happen naturally without in the restraints and confinement of what we've seen in the past. And we're seeing it with coaches and um, the motivators and, and like yourself on Mind Body Network, you have so many of them there, Laurie. 
I think that what we're going to see right now in, in the, the education, that liberation and that direction is coming from the people that have made the journey, that have you know gone through their proverbial hell, have come out with the tools and the knowledge and now are the teachers and are the guiders. I think mainline institutions are going to get left behind. What do you feel about that? Absolutely. They have to. If they're part of the patriarchal matrix that has been running the planet for the last few thousand years, they have to be left behind. We have to completely revibrate, repalpate, realign to the new paradigm of the divine feminine. And the teachings of the divine feminine, whether you're working Laurie's way or my way or your way, Sarah, are entirely intuitive and they require a whole new skill set a whole new roadmap and a whole new toolbox and that's what many of us are working to do Laurie has her five gifts you know one of the things I brought through recently is the nine domains of manifestation which are different domains that we need to connect into prosperity union the divine happiness belonging purpose creativity power and knowledge you know all of these different toolkits and there are many of us out there who have pieces mm -hmm. of this multi-dimensional puzzle but we need to find the ones that at an intuitive level we feel are right for us work for us and help us turn the key to the next level of consciousness we're ready to go to intuitive professors um, you both are intuitive professors in in the new education and in the new university of life um, what do you say to that laurie well, I love that term, and I and I I'm honored actually. Uh, I I did want to let people know that there are a lot of resources available at MindBodyNetwork.com. Uh, we have a free digital library with thousands of eBooks. Uh, we've had over forty three thousand people download eBooks, and uh, if you're an author, uh, I really invite you to go to MindBodyNetwork.com, join, and create a profile, and then. Uh, there's a drop-down menu where you can submit your ebook to the library. More than 28,000 people have clicked through from our library to the author's Amazon sales pages. So it's a very good way to get the word out and, and uh, to, to reach new readers. Uh, my book, Sixth Sense, Unlocking Your Ultimate Mind Power, which is still in print after 26 years, uh, it's been a bestseller four times, and is now available as an audible audiobook. And uh, if, you, if you have not subscribed to Audible, uh, Sixth Sense is available as a freebie. It's one of the free books you can get if you subscribe to Audible. And if you go to mindbodynetwork.com slash Laurie-Nadel, you will find uh, a, a whole bunch of, uh, actually a bundle of downloadable free gifts that add value to the audiobook or the print version of Sixth Sense. Uh, special reports, downlo downloadable uh, audios, and um, other ebooks by other authors that will really help to enhance your knowledge and awareness of your own intuitive process. It is the intuition that we need to tap into. Um, I was speaking with someone the other day, and and you know, for her, it's the, it's in the bubble. You know, it's about you know her political party, her church you know, her environment, doesn't want to know anything outside of that, believes everything she reads in the paper and sees on the news. And if you sp start speaking to her about the people that are really out there that are changing that vibration, changing their direction like you do, um, and others like you, 
um, it just she can't see it, you know, because the unwillingness to look outside her door. And you, we can only serve those that are that are, are willing and are ready to accept something different and to step outside of their limited beliefs and uh, to embrace uh, something that they don't understand because you're not going to understand it until you're willing to learn. You're not going to understand it until you're willing to take the journey. Um, and it's one step at a time. There isn't a manual to life. There are tools, there's toolkits, there's knowledge, but there isn't a manual. You have to get out there and participate in life and explore. And really, we are explorers. Uh, we love an adventure, but we've got to step out of that comfort zone and be willing to learn something new. And every single one of us has that intuitive gift within us. We've just got to switch it on. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. it is an, that innate natural ability that we all have. Yeah, I remember actually something in our first interview that we did, Laurie. You know, you said you're not a, um, a psychotherapist, you're a sacral therapist. And, uh, you know, I love that because basically we're all sacred people. Um, and if we, you know, that's what the age of Aquarius is about. This is what the age of woman is about, isn't it? It's about embracing our sacredness, you know, living from our soul and our heart and our spirit out and not being trapped in the mind. Um, Swan, I'm most certainly you can speak to this. Well, yes, absolutely, you know, and that's not always easy to do, as we've said, you know, mm. we are faced with with ever-growing challenges, it seems, and we have to find more and more of that light, that strength, that compassion within to ride the turbulent waves that, you know, hit us from time to time. And in my experiences, you know, the growth opportunities increase as we grow in our power and awareness. And my feeling is that some people may not may not manage to ride the waves at this mm. time. They may go around for another cycle of 26,000 years until the next age of Aquarius. And for those who think I'm being very woo-woo, this is scientific fact. The procession of the equinox is, you know, scientifically proven, universal uh, time time scale that takes place every 2,200 years approximately we move through a different magnetic field in the universe and right now it's Aquarius the cycle is 26,000 years so what we have now is an opportunity to ascend to higher levels of consciousness for those that are ready or want to and others may merely choose to could do the whole roundabout ride again yeah I prefer to be on the other bandwagon, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 26,000 years of that, yeah. no, thank you. <laughs> That's right. This is the thing. You know, I, I was working a few years ago with some very, very well-known business seminar leaders and entrepreneurs, and I was their spiritual mentor, and they were my business coaches, and I drove them crazy because at that time I was so far out there. I was coming out of my 12 years of seclusion and, and the world was a very alien place and I had no idea how to relate to it or communicate my knowing. And, and at one point, you know, they were teaching us something and they said to the group, guys, just get on with it. We're not going for enlightenment here. And I looked at them and said, why not? What do you mean we're not going for enlightenment? Of course we are. And they looked at me and they said, Swan, that's too difficult. Mm -hmm. And I... I took a breath and I said, really? You know, I think it's too difficult not going for it. Mm. I agree. I think yeah. not being enlightenment is very, very hard. 
Well, no, we, I'm not saying I'm enlightened. Right. I'm saying the experience of realizing that you're not enlightened and what you go through to get enlightened. You know, I would far rather be enlightened. I think that would make life a lot easier. A hundred percent. And when you actually do step into that zone, um, uh, th there's a certain peace. Everybody's looking for this peace, peace and purpose. Well, step into your purpose and you'll find your peace because it lies within you know within you and when you are in that center peace i believe that is enlightenment you know it's a, it's a sense of trust it's a sense of knowingness it's a sense of of well-being and being a part of and i don't right. think that's right that peace. And when you, yeah yeah that's right and when you do the work you have those moments yeah. when the veil lifts and you experience that for seconds or minutes or hours and you just have that total revelatory stasis that you go into that's totally blissful and that's what keeps us going until we absolutely to, until we come back to the earth reality <laughs> that's right and it often brings you back with a shock mm -hmm. but that's why you know we need the tools and and what you're doing sarah what you're doing laurie what i'm doing to to assist us to ride those rocky roads, those big waves when they come, because they're probably not going to stop coming, as we've said. Well, the thing is, is that we both know, all three of us know, that, you know, by willing to do the work, willing to, to embrace our soul, heart and spirit, you know, open our mind to, to tap into, you know, I call it the vibration, what it, frequency, energy, whatever you wish to call it. We know that by doing that and trusting that intuitiveness, um, it is, in a sense, you know, our backpack of tools that we're going to take through life. Uh, excuse the word, but shit's going to happen, and we can't stop that. And we're in a very turbulent, you know, as the Celtic rune had that had gas, which is uh, all about chaos and disruption. And we have to um, do this disruption to get rid of the old paradigm in order to embrace the new. But if you've got this backpack. Um, that allows you to step into that self-peace, uh, into that knowingness. You know, we can ride this wave, as you talk about, so much easier than trying to hide from it under a stone and hope it will just pass you by. Um, I don't think that's an option. Absolutely. That, yeah, that's a choice that people have to make. Laurie, what do you say to that? Well, I, I think that's that's very well put, and uh, I, you know what I'm finding is that uh, there are obviously millions of people who are you know sticking their head in the sand and, uh, and going into denial because it's it's too complicated and overwhelming to consider all the potential ramifications that we're facing right now. And then there are those of us who um, I, I wouldn't describe, uh, I, I prefer the word awake to the word enlightened. I think mm -hmm. it's the word that the, that the Buddha used. I think there are those of us who are awake and we, we see you know, the spectrum of possibilities and we know that we, we have to go through the, the, the kind of difficult waters to get to the other side. And it, you, know, you, you put it very well, you know, find your purpose and you find your music. Mm -hmm. And when you find the music, the, the music is what's going to liberate not only you, but, but is going to liberate all of those around you. You become because the music, that's, don't you? You're, right, you become yeah. the music, yeah. and then, and then you're, you are carried along in this wave of, of uh, I guess, uplifting and inspirational purpose and passion. And you realize that no matter what is, you know, what. Uh, pardon, pardon the word. Whatever shit is falling around, um, you you're you're carrying light, 
yeah. and you you are the light. The light comes through you, and you you're able to uh, be part of a wave that brings hope and support to other people who are kind of oh, we're all in this together. And it's very important, I think, at this time that that we begin to gather our forces, if you will, so that we 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 embrace and we create a sense of connection during this time of uh, turbulence and change. There's a very interesting book called Tribe by Sebastian Younger who wrote uh, The Perfect Storm. And, and he studied people who uh, went through World War II in London during the Blitz and other periods of intense uh, conflict, war, and difficulty, and found that uh, very often people look back uh, later with nostalgia because the sense of unity and connection was so great that you kind of forgot your own troubles in the service of the community at large. And I think that there's something very hopeful in that. Yeah, that's the unity. Well, I think so too. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the thing is, with the suffering, what does it do, really? It opens the heart. Mm -hmm. And it's opening the heart. It's the, the awareness that you're talking about, Laurie, which is the whole intellectual piece. But if that is not brought into the world through the opening and the softening of the heart then it doesn't reach people so well but so well but when the heart softens and it opens because we have the understanding we have the insight we have the information we go through the forgiveness and the heart that goes through that softening melting opening that's when we can be in connectedness and that's when people feel us and resonate to us they might not resonate to what we're saying, what we think we know, or what we believe, or what we're telling them, but they feel that heart. Mm -hmm. and, and feeling, I think, is a, is a key word, is that, um, you know, more and more I am seeing in evidence, I think that the, the animals are teaching us how to be humane, and I think... Yes, children, absolutely. And, and the children, I just interviewed a 10-year-old who wrote a book, 365 Days of um, Gratitude with a Positive Attitude. I was blown away by her eloquence. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, you talked about maybe 10 years that we're going to be seeing this transition. I think our millennials and that next generation following are going to be those people that just say, you know what, I'm not buying into my parents' crap. They've done everything wrong. I'm going to bring, I'm going to choose to look for peace and look col for collaboration, not competition. Look for unity and do things that are going to put this world right. And I think they're just resonating on a totally different vibration, a totally different frequency. And I think our role at the present moment is to nurture them just like the soil. We need to make sure it's watered and loved and nurtured so that when the time is right, they will grow and grow abundantly. It's Absolutely. very important yes. that we yes. are working with the children, that we're helping the children, that we're clearing toxins, vaccinations, chemicals, we're protecting them from EMF and the media, and that the children's souls are allowed to, to hold on to some of that purity that they come in with. Yeah, exactly. Laurie, what do you say to that? Uh, well, I, I think, you know, children, um, I think it's very easy to romanticize children. I mean, children come in while with their karmic tasks, just like uh, we came in as children with karmic tasks, with their burdens and shadows, and uh, they, they, the souls chose to come in at this time. And I don't think you can shield them, or, or is it healthy to shield them from the media, quote-unquote. I mean, the media is a vast entity, which includes programs like this, 
as well as many, many people who are courageously on the front doing everything that they can to uh, to give voice to the underrepresented. So I, yeah, I, really, I, the I really kind media. of, yeah. Well, you know, I, I also think it's very easy to, to kind of label, you know, corporate media bad and, uh, you know, this media good. I, I children come in and they have to be exposed to life and to information. And I, I grew up in New York City. My daughter grew up in New York City. Uh, you know, we had the whole carnival and catastrophe of life to contend with growing up, and and I think that we we learned uh, to accept and embrace uh, all kinds of, of people and situations uh, because we weren't shielded. I so I know uh, I, I would certainly I I certainly would 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 not really agree with that as uh, uh, you know as a model, but that's my own experience. I think conversation is is needed. You know, I didn't I didn't shield my kids from anything. And if they, the round table format and over dinner, if they had questions, mom, what's this or what's that? We talked about it, and we would talk about it at the level of their understanding, whatever age they were. And it wasn't a taboo or hiding or just because I say so. And I think you know, kids are so much more intelligent than we give them credit for. And I think the worst thing we can do is hide things from them. Um, but we can filter how much they know or in what, you know, we don't speak to it in anger or hate or anything like that. Um, but we can talk to them about it. And they are, they're such bright creatures that they can assimilate that information and dissect, you know, and, and take it in, in their own, you know, in their own understanding. So I think conversations with children are not only enlightening for us, but I think it's educational for our children to hear a different perspective and have an understanding. That's right, but it needs to be age appropriate. Yes. And the, the bottom line is, you know, in the old days we had, in ancient times, every ancient spiritual culture had temples, initiation temples, where people were put through rites of passage and initiations and illuminations at different times in their lives. And if we work when we're pregnant, when we're bringing, the child soul is with us for 22 months before it's actually born. So if we are working with our own consciousness, and we are working with the child soul, we can speed up the clearing of that karma. We can speed up how those patterns incarnate in their coming life and how they play out. That's what I mean. We, we have mastery and we can have an enormous effect and say on how that plays out in this life. They don't have to relive all those negative yeah. karmic patterns. They can be moved. Yeah, and I think this is where you know that enlightenment of that and listening to them. Um, because very often yeah. the way they see something, you know, very important, very important, because we're seeing yeah. something from kind of an angst adult, you know, pissed off, angry, whatever perspective of it. And a child will see it from something else. And very often they become that. Oh, really? I didn't see it that way. And you're seeing things from a totally different perspective. So, you know, it has to be an open dialogue, respectful dialogue and filtered of your own agenda. Um, you're not imposing your knowledge on them. This is inquiry. It is a sharing of knowledge, and I think the sooner we do that with, with children on whatever particular level, you know, of their age appropriateness, I think we're giving our children, um, you know, a tool in defense. You know, I, I, I'm not able to cope with the world. Yes, I mean, they have to learn to live in this world as it is, too. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, there's a complicated times for kids, and there are complicated times for us as parents. Um, but again, there are a lot of, uh, if you go back to the work of Alice Bailey in the Tibetan, you know, there were millions of evolved souls who have chosen to come into the world at this time to 
to help to hold the light during this transition. I mean, this is, you know, we're, we're here because we've chosen to be here and these changes are, are kind of part of the blueprint for the soul of humanity. I and think if we choose to, um, we can look upon this. I mean, we know that there's a hell of a transition going on. But when we look upon it as a gift, that we are here in this transition and the gifts that we've been given, the, um, the awakening, the enlightenment, the knowledge that we've learned, that beautiful divine knowledge of knowingness, um, if we, you know, in stepping into that, which is our meaningful purpose here on this earth, what a gift and what an exciting time to be here because we are the architects uh, of what's about to happen. You know, uh, what we feed, what we nurture, what we invite is what's uh, is going to help us through this transition um, over this next few years. And I think, you know, we, we can focus on the disruption or we can focus on, focus on the seeding and the growth that is happening and nurture that. I mean, I certainly see it for all the interviews I do. I'm inspired and live in hope because of the people like you ladies that are out there, put yourself on the line, living your meaningful purpose and awakening, enlightening and liberating people's spirit. And, it, you know, that is a very beautiful time to be. I, I would agree. And again, it's, you know, it's nurturing the garden, which uh, the seeds are germinating now. And it may seem that, uh, you know, the garden is kind of in a, in a holding pattern. But uh, there are so many seeds of possibility that are fertile and that are being watered by whatever's going on on the surface and whatever's going on beneath the surface and and even tears you know the the, the mourning and the grieving uh, for some of what's been lost is fertilization yeah. for the for the the creativity and the, the, the seeds of possibility in the psyche you know we, we, we don't grow um, as, a, as a people as a species as individuals um, unless you know, unless our heart is moved to be broken, yeah. um, un unless we we go through a certain amount of loss, unless we are able to uh, learn how to, I guess, as I said, stay centered and balanced, no matter what's going on around us, and forgive ourselves for whatever darkness and shadow issues may come up during this period. I think it, it's a very important time. For each of us, it's a it's a teaching period, you know, from spirit, that we're we're privileged to be here to experience. I completely agree. I've actually got a show on this Christmas period about grieving, um, you know, grief through Christmas because people have lost loved ones. But it's not just a, a grief of that. It's it's you know it's a grief, um, you know, um, it's with David Kessler, and it's a grief of um, you know, of in this transition, which is going to be beautiful there's still that uh, reconciliation of things you're having to let go of. And sometimes we're holding so tight onto things that we don't realize that we're holding tight onto something that's holding us back. And it, that letting go, um, that grieving of, of the past of what didn't happen and feeding what can happen, those possibilities, I think is something that we need to get around. So, um, you know, like forgiveness, you know, grieving is, is a very important emotion that we need to allow ourselves to go through. So, Absolutely. Um, if you can encapsulate in in, uh, in a few moments each, and um, you know what, other than your programs, which you know I'd like to both reiterate again and, and how people can sign up for them, but um, you know what what would what's your message to the people as they close out this year and go into the new year, 
you know, as I say, changing that channel, changing that vibration. You know, what would you like to say? Swan, we'll start off with you. Um, I think the message is remember who you are. It's time to discover really who you are. You know, I talk about the soul star because this has been coming through so powerfully for me in the last few weeks that it's time to connect to this aspect of ourselves, the higher soul, the soul star that really is a star. Sorry, that's the background noise there. So I got you back. And I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Um, and yes, and, and remembering this, that, you know, we are this essence that comes from afar. I have a lot of poems about this in my poetry book, Caviar for the Soul. But um, the, the, this soul star essence is what is needed to shine through now. And it's what's encoded in our DNA and waiting to be activated at this time, which is why I've brought out this program, Soul Star and the Crystal Heart, which is on my website, templesforhumanity.org, if you search for under events, courses and events, the soul star and the crystal heart. And it's the first time that I've been able to create such a far-reaching online program. It's step-by-step for 21 days with messages you receive every day throughout the day, morning and evening, and with sacred art, sounds, information tools and guided meditations to take people through the releasing of the past and the preparation, the the sowing the seeds in the new ground, bringing in this higher soul star energy to be ready for the coming year. And it's such an important time to go through this inner transition, revibrating, reprogramming, realigning all the frequencies. Yeah, and I think that's, um, you know, um, I think that is, and there's one thing I think I, I wanted to mention, um, you know, before you um, close out, Laurie is one of the things that we've got to do is take ownership and responsibility for our own journey and you know not have you know handed over to someone else to live for us we're given this gift of life and you know in in order to be able to embrace those beautiful possibilities and this new light we have to step in in participation in our own life and you know your program is talking to the soul which of course i am a soul embracer and a soul liberator myself and and it's very very important because that's our divine connection um, but if we're, un, you know, if we're looking for someone to do it for us, it's never going to happen. We've got to step into that ownership of our own lives. So, Laurie, what is your closing, my love? Uh, well, I'm uh, this year. I, I'm looking at uh, helping people to uh, find a quieter mind space and to basically um, explore. I guess you can go to my website, uh, laurienadel.com and uh, explore how uh, sitting with me can help to release fears and help you overcome limiting beliefs so that you can live your, your dreams and also be more present and focused in the present without fear because I think fear is, is going to be a very big issue in the coming months and the coming year. Uh, we do have some uh, major uh, political shifts that are happening that as I said at the beginning are threatening uh, the basic rights of uh, freedom of speech and freedom of expression, and I think it's important for people, as I said, to find you know to find your music and to find your soul purpose and to be able to forgive yourself and the other, as well as uh, discovering something that gives your life uh, a sense of purpose and connection. 
And mm-hmm. so if you can go to laurienadel.com and um, I, I also highly recommend uh, the audiobook version of Sixth Sense, Unlocking Your Ultimate Mind Power. There are many, many free gifts that go with this book at mindbodynetwork.com slash laurie-nadel. And you can also go to mindbodynetwork.com and find uh, thousands of ebooks and articles um, and practitioners as well uh, who can help you to... Uh, to provide you with information and insight and inspiration for your journey. So it's mindbodynetwork.com and laurienadel.com, and the book is called Sixth Sense, and it is now an audible audiobook. Wonder sounds amazing. Sounds amazing. And please read the book of Sarah, Jesus' Secret Wife. I spent 12 years writing it because it has a potent message for that divine feminine essence that's in all of us, you know, that we're all working to bring through. And it's a very lyrical, poetic journey that really does soften and open the heart and bring in higher, more higher awareness. Wonderful. Well, I thank both of you for, for coming on today. As I said, two, you know, wonderful divine souls that have totally embraced your own journey. You've taken ownership of your own lives and participation, and now you're out there serving humanity. So I thank you for that. And, uh, you know, folks, remember, if you really want things to change, you've got to be the change. You've got to make changes in your own life. And I promise you, when you do, and you step into that self-peace and that self-love, uh, you'll find that meaningful purpose. And uh, you, you, you will find your journey in life. And you'll become part of the solution and part of the contribution to this planet, um, that seed that will grow into abundance. So it's up to each and every one of us to step up. Ignite your soul, ignite your heart, and uh, May 2017 be that awesome year for you. Whether you've only just started seeding in anticipation and excitement, or whether you're about to come into full growth, whatever it is, keep watering, keep loving, keep persisting, because I promise you it will be worth it in the end. Um, So a Merry Christmas to everyone, and a Happy New Year, as the show's going to feature over two weeks. Thank you so much, uh, Swan and Laurie, for being with me here today. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Really beautiful. Very beautiful. And the show is really inspiring, and I, I so much appreciate your inviting me to be part of the round table. Have a beautiful new year. Thank you. Likewise, likewise, everybody. And I knew you two souls would be excellent for the show. So, um, please, folks, please share the show. Share it with others. You know, share the liberation, share the enlightenment. Let's awaken other people's souls and hearts and show them that anything is possible if you decide to feed it. So please share it. Living for today to build our tomorrows with Dr. Swan and Dr. Laurie. And let's keep that uh, those possibilities going. So to everybody, I wish you again a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And uh, we will see you in the exciting 2017.